what's up what's up what's up round two we're gonna try again so uh yeah conversations with chris this is obviously your host chris and um we recorded uh, a couple weeks back and i told you guys about it with my homeboy charlie and it didn't record very well should we test this one before we go on for an hour we're gonna go ahead and test it for an hour before we. Should we do the start. thing that like people are supposed, it. like professionals do? Time. Okay, we got. We've got yeah, we've got some uh, real talent here tonight, so we're gonna be good. But uh, my buddy Charlie is uh, the ongoing joke for me is that I am always chasing him down because he's so busy. This guy has like a lifestyle of absolutely always going, going, going. And uh, by the way, he's quadriplegic, so I jokingly call it chasing down a quad. Uh, Charlie, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, last conversation we had was pretty fun, but this one's going to be yeah. even more fun. It was just yeah. so awesome that we we don't want to share it. We want to keep it to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I right. felt, too. It was like, it actually came out really good, but I felt like it was too good. Yeah, so sometimes maybe you, have to have, to, like, you have to put stuff in your, your cargo pocket there and just keep absolutely. it for yourself. That one's going to be in a special edition that we're going to release later on, but... You guys are about to hear from somebody who, in my eyes, is one of the most inspirational people that I've ever met. And that's I never get tired of hearing that. Simply because he has so much uh, upper body strength. and his, Oh, uh, shoulders up. <laughs> he can control his entire life with his head, which is like superhuman, right? That's a super talent. I think so. I don't think I could get in that chair and uh, drive it anywhere. Yeah, it takes some some practice. Right. So and need. I think that's a lot comes from just uh, the, the needing to do it. Well, and also the desire to want to be out and about. Yeah, of course. Because like you put me in there, and I'd be like crash into a wall. All right, take me out of here. Yeah. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and I beat up your whole front door trying to get in here. Right, but you also. I'm like, I'm gonna over get in the there. Past what eight years? You've climbed a mountain, wrote a book, become a professional gamer. I did what I think the Coloradoans or whatever they call themselves. They call it. A, they call them fourteeners, which is like a fourteen thousand foot. Mountain, I did a 13er. I don't know if they call it that, but I'm going to call it that. That's sort of like a half marathon. 13,000, however long, that's like three miles. Did up? you know that it's know. 43%? What's 13,000, 3,000 feet a mile? 5,000 feet? 5, Are we doing math? So that's like two miles up. Have, did you know yeah. there's 43% less oxygen at 14,000 feet above sea level? No. 43%. I did not know that random fact, but thank you for letting so me. When I got to 14,000 feet, I was. This dying. is why we have Google. That's exactly why we have Google. I was yeah. up there going, wow, it's really hard to breathe. I wonder how hard it is. Einstein said never remember anything you can look up or you can reference. Yeah, but Einstein was proven wrong by Stephen Hawking, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't like that guy. Yeah, me neither. He was in a chair. It was yeah. weird. It was awkward. He talked weird. Yeah, he had like that whole like. <laughs> We're going to get canceled for saying that? He didn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, nowadays. Cancel, Welcome to Conversations with Chris cultures. and Charlie finally gets him canceled. <laughs> we can't possibly get canceled. I mean, we're like both disabled. So the fact yeah, that we're even, disabled veteran, who's going to cancel us? Come on. Right, exactly. You know, don't hate on America. It's guy a in a wheelchair? Memorial Day weekend, bro. I mean, oh, I forgot about it, yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, so I don't forget about it. But. Honor those who gave everything, which, yep. you know, we obviously appreciate more than most. This time of year, all I see is posts on my Facebook wall that remind me that Memorial Day is about memorializing people that gave their life for our country. And it's like, why do we have to keep reminding people this? Well, that's because you and I actually watch those people give their lives as, as opposed to most people who theoretically believe that people gave their lives. Yeah. I just like having an extra day off. <laughs> From... Uh, your busy life, exactly, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm going to Nashville, so I guess I won't be off. Well, I mean, like I said, 
chasing down a quad. Never thought it'd right. be so difficult. I mean, all the people that I want to interview on my podcast, this guy, swear to God, I have to like schedule, chase him down, run to his house, fit it in before he flies out the next day. Yeah, most time I'm just sleeping. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Where are you headed next? We're in bed. I'm going up to Nashville on Tuesday. And what's going on in Nashville? Which is the place I was going last time we tried to do this. That's right. That's actually um, completely accurate. So you yep. leave tomorrow? Tomorrow, Tuesday? Is it the entourage? <laughs> Tomorrow's Tuesday. No, it's not. It's not? Tomorrow's Sunday or something. Oh, wait. Hold on. We're being corrected. I'm See? leaving Tuesday. And today is Saturday. Correct. It's Saturday? Yes. Oh, shit. I got to go, bro. I got trolling. some things to do. You're trolling. <laughs> so Charlie is a... Um, successful professional gamer yeah depending on who you ask yeah i mean if you yeah. ask my teammate they hate me but <laughs> it depends on the day uh, some people fear me but Dep- depends on the day <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know like some days i'm good some days not so much i'm gonna do all right there's a there's another guy i always um uh joke with he's actually the number one mouth gamer in the world his name's rocky no hands um he's uh, the number one tiktok streamer for Fortnite over ninja most of the times they trade trade places on tiktok wait 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 there's but a, i always tell him i'm happy with second you know there's nothing wrong with terminology silver. of a gamer who is a mouth mouth gamer so we play with our mouth because we're quadriplegics wow can't use our hands or our feet it's freaking goals right so there, we use bro. our mouth you're yeah. that talented with your freaking mouth but you think i'd have more chicks you know what i mean i mean yeah absolutely women Jesus. chicks, chicks women it's fine dude. we can say whatever we want we're uh you know retarded and disabled. i love everybody everybody absolutely i don't care what you want to be unicorn be a unicorn i'm into it i think it's fun so gaming also yeah, climb the mountain thing. right Thirteen thousand feet and some change yeah so not well it's funny about that though is i got to the top of it, it was summertime so in the winter it's a ski resort so we got to the top of it and you climb this mountain and the top of it is a freaking gondola so it's like you don't have to climb it you can just take the gondola up to the top of it so it's not like a big feat so you didn't actually it was cool they didn't climb and i got drug up it i didn't like i didn't physically climb anything i just they just pulled you they put me in like a unicycle trailer thing (laughs) and like 20 people took turns pulling me up this mountain are you serious for sure yeah this was like a thing huh yeah uh courtesy of uh, uh no barriers uh um, and the Lockwood Foundation. Yeah. Sounds like a CrossFit workout to me. For them, yeah. That's what they probably set it up as. For me, it was like a just lay in the chair and you were like, I'm talk gonna, shit to people. I'm going to climb this mountain without doing a single thing. I was like, go faster. <laughs> Why aren't we at the top yet? <laughs> Where is this? My chariot. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take? You need a break? Stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Where's the subs? We got some people back there. What did we get up there? We got up there in like a couple hours, yeah. There was a little break in the, in the middle. We stayed at like, there's like a little lodge there and we went up to the top. So, so it's a couple. Three or four hours now. Three or four hours to get to But the, the whole event was like, you know, we started at like 6 o'clock in the morning and we we're done at like at 5 o'clock. In the were you like whooping them all the way up like as in a chariot? Yeah, we had a good time. It was a good, I think we had a good rapport. What's the record Miami, for uh, how the fast the quadriplegics climbed a mountain? I don't know. How, how fast did I, I have to see my time? Because it's won. probably the fastest. <laughs> There's nobody that can. I don't know. Eat. There were some people ahead of me because there were some other people there that were um, uh, different different levels of disability, but. They also uh, got drug of the mountain. Some of them actually went up by themselves, you know, in their own wheelchairs and stuff. So. What? I didn't trust mine to get up there. That's out of control, bro. You should have, like, totally won that race. We should set that up for a rematch. Yeah, I, I still keep in touch with a lot of people that drug me up there, so I have to tell them, See, we need you to know, next time we need to practice a little more. Yeah, exactly. You guys need to be in better shape because that was out of control. You didn't finish first. If you ain't first, you're last, right? That's true. I mean, that's the way it works, with all due respect. <laughs> so what else have you been doing in your life? 
something about songs, yeah? Yeah, so the last year I've, I've really focused on trying to uh, work on my ability to create music as a lyricist. Well, so, I would say you've had some yeah. success based on the fact that you're um, on a NASCAR. Yeah, I think I'm, I, get, I got lucky a lot uh, uh, because I'm with a great organization that allows me to, to, to be creative. Um, actually, that's part of their name, Creative Vets. So they, have, they, they have the, the ability and the, and the stage to put people like me um, unknowingly onto stuff like a NASCAR. Well, you know, I was always taught that you create your own luck. And actually, I totally agree, for luck, sure. Yeah. Put yourself the, in the right position to, to make things happen. Luck is the point at which opportunity and preparation come together. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of uh, faith and hope and stuff. Yeah, right. There's that yeah. part, too. Jesus. So when you got to the top of the mountain, what was it like? Were you out of breath? Yeah, it was a long walk. Yeah. Did you know there was 43% less oxygen at 14? I think you mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I think it's 43%. Because when I rode the gondola and got off, I was like, oh, my yeah. God. When I got up on the gondola and got up there. You were like, Whoa. I was winded. So what would you do when you got to the top? Um, so the, one of the people there was a, a blind climber named Trevor Hahn. He played the harmonica, played the Marine Corps hymn for me while we were up there. A blind harmonica mountain climber? Yes. I think he's probably technically a rock climber, but... You know what? There should be reality shows for stuff like this because that's quite amazing. Yeah, there are actually the other the guy that hosted it, the guy that, that founded No Barriers. Um, he he was the first blind man to climb Mount Everest. It's pretty cool. Really? Eric Winkmeyer. Winkmeyer, am I saying that right? I might be saying that wrong. Climbed Mount Everest without being able to see. Yep. Wow. You know what? The songs that you write, they would be very applicable to that guy because climbing Mount Everest, from what I've seen is uh, a lot of like canyons and stuff, right? You've got well, to cross on Climbing Mount Everest. It's not, yeah, right? It's, it's not, not like, like going a, into the hill behind your house. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I climbed that hill next to my place. But doing place. it without sight? Unless you live in India or something. I wonder if he played the harmonica on the way up. Is it peaceful? Oh, he's not the harmonica yet. Oh, this is but another guy. But they're friends. They're good friends. Nice. So we'll set up a rematch next year. Yeah. So what I else? asked him how he, if he knew, how he knew he was at the top. That's, <laughs> that's a really good question. What was his answer? He said my friends told me. <laughs> You know where he really was. Because there's a sign up there that says you bet that you're at he, the top. He was in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah. They were just like uh, throwing screen, ice on him and stuff. Green screen. Yeah. yeah they had a <laughs> you got like a fan with some with some wind and some ice thrown on. <laughs> was he the first ever blind climber? He was, yeah. He was. He actually did a show with uh, with Will Smith, too, um, where they climb a volcano. Boy, that guy's got yeah. an anger issue. I think it's called Legend he? or something. What happened to him, man? Uh, no you count. Know? Like a, you know, he went after Chris Rock like he was just, you know, a gangster. Any way to get those uh, hits on YouTube, you know what I mean? Yes, man, I guess. But he's still working on Apple TV. They still hire him, so. They do. He just came out with that movie about uh, Muhammad Ali. Emancipation. Oh, Emancipation, too, yeah. Did you see that one? No. Wow. Really difficult movie to watch. Really difficult. But also beautiful, amazing movie. Really cool. So what other projects are you working on other than being the second best gamer in the world? That's just natural. I didn't work on that, but. um. (laughs) That's just. (laughs) That's just built-in skill. Yeah. I mean, uh, right now I'm just uh, trying to do the things that I love or have found out that I love and didn't know that I loved them before. You know what I mean? So do you think kind of the, fell into songwriting, kind of fell into that Do you think the things that, that you love now are the same things that you loved before? Not at all. So you've changed Not everything about years. what you really love and what you appreciate. For sure. Yeah. Uh, total uh, 180 from before I had my accident. We call it like post or. After after accident and before accident, so 
What kind it's of person like would AC, you say? BD, BC or whatever. Like yeah, before Christ, AD, BC, you know, that whole thing. So what would you say you were like prior to? I would say I have the same kind of attitude of like uh, always moving forward and always trying to do do things that challenge myself. But um, I think I've become more mindful of just who I am and and how those things affect me as a person and affect people around me. And I just try to be a uh, try to be me, but also be a better person for other people. Well, um, but mostly I, I'm just trying to live a life that I can enjoy with the limitations that I have. Well, so much of your life was also based around physicality, right? You're a weightlifter. Yeah, I did like semi-pro football. I did uh, strongman. I was in the Marine Corps uh, for 11 years or so. so. I mean, I played football. I played baseball. Um, big part of your life was mostly physical. For sure. So when yeah. that got taken away, you had to redefine who you were. Yeah, so I took that same kind of um, that thought process of challenging myself physically to challenging myself with mindfulness and uh, and what my meaning is and, and where I fit into the world kind of thing. What would you say was probably the most, uh, the largest or biggest change that you had to have in your life? Would it be patience? Um, maybe. Yeah, so to me that would be the uh, the most difficult thing would be, you know, Giving up the physicality, which obviously in my life is a big part of what makes me who I am, and the also the uh, independence yeah. that had to be sacrificed, right? So you had to learn how to just be patient and rely on other people, which is probably what inspired those songs that you write that are absolutely amazing. So we're going to lean into this. So um, <laughs> developing that patience and learning to rely on other people, how difficult was that? So I spent eight months in the hospital. Uh, I broke my neck August 23rd, 2014. I spent like three or four months uh, in a very unstable position, dying, stuff like that. I had to put a pacemaker in, uh, tracheostomy, if I said that right. Uh, so I, I had spent a lot of time like um, waiting for something bad to happen, you know what I mean? But being and, in the military, um, you were used to the hurry up and wait. So Yeah, well, you learn how to embrace the suck, you know? So I, yeah. I just kind of figured ways to stay calm in those moments. And I think that kind of carried through after, uh, I finally got to the VA and they, I was with people that literally saved my life and kept me or brought me back from a place where I was dying all the time from either my oxygen being too low, my heart stopping, stuff like that. But so what would you say was the last memory of you before the accident that you have? Do you remember the accident? Yeah, I was on a boat, the Gulf. Yeah. But do you remember it playing out do you remember it happening um the actual like impact no um when i hit the water i don't remember that part but i remember diving off uh and then floating then you also were airlifted right yeah i was airlifted after they put me on like three different boats because they kept getting a bigger boat there <laughs> so i was off the coast of like uh anclo key and uh like north of Clearwater. and fish and wildlife pulled up there first and had a little john boat and they tried to put me in it and then uh, sheriff, yeah, sheriff's department pulled up in like a Grady White, like a little bit bigger boat. So they kept they shifting me in you that. from boat to yeah. boat. And then took me out of that one when the Coast Guard showed up with a 41-footer. 40, and then they were getting me on the Coast Guard boat when the helicopter showed up. So. so when you hit the water, did you immediately lose the ability to keep yourself afloat? No, I'm, pretty, I'm a buoyant person. I'm like positively buoyant. That's a, nice. that's a thing. Is that a thing? That is the thing. I'm going to join um, that club because that sounds good. So I was floating there uh, face down. Um, if you picture kind of like a, like a turtle, I kind of just floating there. 
So they jumped, and I did like the freestyle swim out. thing, you know, to get the breaths. Oh, really? And then finally, I was like, nobody's coming. So nobody's coming. I just like let the water take me, and then somebody found me. So did you feel like it was that was it? I didn't feel like that was it, but I kind of gave up. Like you didn't have. Like, it was like hitting, yelling for people, and nobody was coming right immediately, and uh, so I just kind of like gave myself up to the ocean. Who was in the boat with you? Uh, my fiance at the time. Yeah. Nice. So did she come get you out of the water? Was that the? No, she thought I was messing with her. Oh, she thought you were playing around. Yeah. So the person in the boat next to us was the one that actually got like flipped me over and. Wow. Uh, her and her husband drug me to the beach. Yeah. And so then the VA, once they got a hold of you, that's where you began to like yeah, develop hope uh, and. Kind I had, had gone. They flew me over to a trauma two in St. Pete, and then, um, like right after Thanksgiving, so I broke my neck in August, and and Thanksgiving I was finally at the VA at the rehab there um at the james haley hospital in tampa but and that was 2014 yeah, 2000 well yeah 2014 and 2015 wow so almost 10 years ago yeah it'll be nine years in august so when you first had it happen did you think to yourself like that's it this is it like i've lost everything no or were you <clears> optimistic <throat> and were you positive about it and thinking to yourself wow i'm gonna rebuild my life and i just wanted to take care of my family that's all Okay, so it was family that drove you. For sure. Absolutely. So um, that's where that the songs was... actually really come into play. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so you know, when you're laying there and you're thinking about the things that are important to you that are helping you cling to life, you know, I thought about not just my, the love for my family, but my... my, my... Obligation. No, because I never thought of it as an obligation. Just my, my drive and desire to take care of them. I think every father, that's our goal, right? Is to protect our kids. I think so. And I think we'll fight for that no matter what it takes, right? Yeah, for sure. And then I learned that I had to lean on them a lot, you know what I mean? After yep. the accident. So. Yep. But that probably I think that's more brought where, you closer to them, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, in some ways, for sure. Because you probably weren't taking all of that in, which is why, you know, once it happened, you were like, hey, I realize now. Well, I began to um, understand it more and how much effort it takes to be a caregiver for someone, especially as a family member. Um, when you're trying to like, uh, hold up those, those, those borders of family love versus need. And well, you know, now I have to feed my dad. It's weird. Or I have to feed my husband or whatever right. it is. It's a different level of connection. I think, um, I could sometimes erode the, the, the boundaries of family. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job of of working through that and being able to still maintain that father daughter thing, father husband or husband wife thing, and um, you know with my parents, whatever it is, you know, still maintain that that relationship of family while understanding that you know I need help. Yeah. Well, I mean, from my perspective, it looks like you've got really strong family ties now. And yeah. Not, not for only sure. that, you know, you've got. Professional gaming, climbed a mountain, a book. That was the book. A book still up in the air. <laughs> still on the way. Book still in progress. But you know what? Just the title of the book alone, by itself, is awesome to me because it's inspiring. What's it called? Let's go for a walk. I mean, really, if that doesn't put you into a perspective of holy shit, I really need to like pick myself up every day and quit complaining and go on with life. Really, I don't think if you ever finish the book. Just the title alone is inspiring enough. Maybe we can get a podcast yeah, for you, Yeah, give me too. a publisher. They'll just, publisher, do, a, just right? do a cover. 
Hey, I, I just I'll learned a, I'll recently. I'll get ChatGPT to do the book. <laughs> there you go, AI. We'll just let AI write it, right? Yeah, why not? So what else you got planned for the future now? I know you're working with another artist, yeah? I'm trying to build a studio at my house so I can have people over to record. Um, and we are talking about Leaning In earlier. It's called Lean In Studios, what the name of it's going to be. Um, and it's because my back room, like, leans a little bit in the back. Because <laughs> the guy that built it's an idiot. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, I'm really glad my chair is heavy because otherwise that would yeah, always be Yeah, I got like a two-inch drop in the back right corner of my, my studio room. So It's called Lean In Studio or nice. Leaning. Whatever. But you're also working with an artist on some projects, yeah? Currently, I'm um, working with a friend of mine, um, Sean Holcomb. We've been doing some video work for his YouTube channel. Um, and another guy, Jamie Saylor, I've been working with him on some stuff, um, a couple of songs. But And you've also written a number of songs as well. Yeah, I've probably got like a dozen. I think I've, I've either, I've mostly co-written. I like to co-write. It makes me. I don't. I don't think I have the chops yet to like really like write solo, like a solo thing. So explain the difference so, between co-writing and writing. Co-writing, you're sitting in a room with other people, so it's like, two, like more than one writer. It's collective effort. Yeah. Okay. But primarily, are you leading the conversation in the direction you want it to go for the song lyrics? I think in some I do, and some I don't. It just depends on the vibe. I think depends on who's there. That too. Well, next um, time you co-write, I want to be there. For sure, let's do it. I mean, I don't know how much input I have, but you know, I'm happy to sit around and. I mean, you can just sit there with your phone and look up words that rhyme and get credit on the song. Oh well, that I can do for sure. Don't expect it to be very quick, but you know, <laughs> at the same time, I can make it happen. We'll keep Tara around so she can. That's do right. That's why we have people to help us out. So Nashville's coming up. What tomorrow? No Tuesday, which is it's, yeah, but today's Monday, right? No. Didn't we already talk about this? We did. Yeah. <laughs> This is a head injury versus quadriplegic. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, today's Saturday, and I'm heading up there on Tuesday. I didn't really, I didn't know if I was going or not. But it's Saturday. Today's Saturday, yeah, I think. I'll go with you. You want me to go with you? If you, I mean, if you want, well, you have to drive yourself. We don't have room in the van. Well, I have my own van, so we're cool. You got your own van. How many people go with you when you travel? <clears throat> I'm usually two. I'm taking my daughter and her boyfriend, um, and then uh, a caregiver too, if she wants to go oh, or nice. is available. Really. So they travel also. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, for sure. So what else is happening uh, in your world other than the leaning studio in the back? Um, I do a lot of uh, just other stuff. I uh, a few years back co-founded a nonprofit called Stand Up for Me, and I work with people that have paralysis to become more independent through like the use of assistive technology or just finding ways for them to be more independent in their day-to-day lives. How many people are working with you on that project? Um, over the last year, I probably helped like a dozen. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I know that you seem to have a, a knack for finding research to help people that have... Yeah, a lot of it's like social work kind of stuff where I'm just finding resources for them or pointing them in the direction of things that I've used in the past. And that's a lot of times I'll I'll you know, try out or work with nonprofits to find out how they work so that I can help other people Which you seem to those have services. an amazing uh, knowledge base, for sure. Like, anytime I ask you questions about stuff, you have more than enough answers to give me. About whatever I'm asking about. Yeah, I have plenty of uh, places to lead the horse to. You know, it's just them drinking it. Right. It's up to them. How many people have you come across that have had the uh, same drive, motivation, and inspiration as you that have suffered such a life-altering situation? Are most people as encouraged and driven? I think there's like 250,000 people to get paralyzed a year. And I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm close. But like 250 to 500,000. 
Can we Google and that? And I would say I know like three quadriplegics that do stuff like me. Yeah, I would say you're pretty unique, huh? I Which mean, is unfortunate. I'm hoping to, you know, the to set examples. And I know my the people that I, the friends that I know that are quadriplegic that are like this, they're all trying to hopefully, you know, r- help people, other people rise up. And well, you know what the truth of the life. matter is, is what we need to do is get a um, an actual reality show of people seeing you live your life. Because if the other quadriplegics out there could see the way that you live and how much you are doing, I think it would be very inspirational for them and they would actually gain hope, which is what it really takes to get going, right? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. That'd be nice. Um, check me out on Quad Capable. Yeah, just Google me. Quad Capable. There it is right there. Yeah. But also, let's get a reality show going because seriously, if there's a quarter of a million people every year, those people don't have any hope, don't have any inspiration. And if they saw yeah. what you were doing and saw the way you were living. It's hard when you're first injured, you know, that acute phase of the injury where you really don't know what's going to happen. And um, that's the moment where they need that, that hope, that, that understanding that there's life after breaking your neck. And there's life after most trauma. You just got to figure out a way to live it. Well, 100%. But absolutely, you're uh, completely relying upon other people now. Yeah, for the most part. So is there a lot of ego that you have to get rid of? Totally. And yeah, that's why a lot of people probably struggle, huh? I mean, I think more of it's that they just, um, I always say there's two types of quadriplegics. There's ones like me that are motivated, that are going to kick ass no matter what. And then there's ones that just are going to die off, unfortunately. Which if we could from depression of, or from lack of care, or from right. poor care, frustration, all that. Um, pressure, whatever it is, you know, these different things that kind of take people out. Um, and it's unfortunate because there's so much out there that is still available to do for people that are in whatever situation you're in, whether it's mine or your own personal thing. It's all about overcoming that and just knowing that um, that you can you can do things. You know, what might be a really inspirational show would be all the hot caretakers that seem to, you seem to find. And, yeah. and uh, we make the show about, you know, how you can be a quadriplegic with really how, hot caretakers. How to recruit hotties. Yeah. I mean, now we have a show that will be inspirational because a lot of guys would be like, hey, all right, you know, if I've got to live this way, at least I can live this way with beautiful women. Yeah, I found the ones that, like, you know, have that attitude that there's down in the dumps. They don't, there's like, oh, I'll never be able to do that kind of thing. But I mean, if I can do it, you're right. I mean, who, what do you say to what's those stopping people? You? What do you? What do you? What kind of advice would you give somebody who's totally like at that point where they just can't see any future? Get out of bed. Really? It's that first step. That's, yeah. It's that first step. Fucking get it's out of bed. Just keep um, going, right? Put something on your schedule. I mean, the idea That's six months from now of everything that you accomplished in your life before the accident, how strong you were. How capable, the Marine Corps, everything. And then to think about the chances and the odds of what really caused your injury, it's pretty amazing. Like, you have to kind of think for a second that at least it was somewhat destiny for you to inspire and motivate other people because it doesn't make any sense, right? It wasn't something that was like... I've had a lot of chances in my life or opportunities or just things put in my way where I've had to pivot a lot, so... You know, this was just another way, like another obstacle to overcome, another challenge to accept and to try to figure out and to like champion. Yep. So, well, I just did a podcast recently on the fact that you can either be a victim or a champion in life, but victims allow everything that happens to them to keep them from being successful. Champions allow everything that happens to them to be a reason why they become successful. Right. 
And so it's a mindset, right? It's a frame yeah, of thought. That's all it is. But at the same time, it also takes a, a certain amount of um, ambition or motivation to keep going, right? Waking up every I mean, day. You have, to, you have to keep setting goals. So you have to have something to look forward to, I think. If I was just sitting in my house all day and didn't have anything going on and didn't have any drive to have anything going on, then I'd probably just rot away too. But um, it's that uh, that ability to have some vision and be able to kind of create a path for yourself and to enjoy it, and like stuff that you enjoy at least, you know, to do, like to get out there and do it and to grab a hold of it and to 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 live to put that out there for yourself. I mean, to be a little bit selfish and. Um, use those things that you love to, to keep you going. Well, and I think also the fact that you live in the time that we live in right now. I mean, technology being what it is, you drive yourself around using nothing more than really the swivel of your head and your neck, right? Yeah. Um, so I use a magic tech device, which is like a tiara on my head that I drive around with. But it is, uh, the technology is still kind of old. I mean, it looks cool. It looks new. It's repackaged, but... Really? Um yeah, it's it's like '80s, '70s stuff. Really? For sure. Yeah. When I see you driving down the street with the blinkers on and that sucker hauling ass down the curb and like up the hills, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But it's old technology. And it is. Yeah, it is. It's just uh, when you see it functioning in a way that I use it, it's different than seeing like FDR sitting in his wooden rocker. Gotcha. You know, it's like, but well, it's the same thing. It's just I'm just using a different. I got a motor on mine. And also for me, like the idea that you have to also figure out the ways to create those opportunities, right? Because you didn't exactly have a minivan set up for this. So you had to find a way to make that happen. Yeah. So you have to, you have to get the tools that used to help you do your job, you know? Right. So if it's happiness is your job, then you find the tools that bring you that happiness. But what a, what a beautiful thing to be able to show people that, you know, no matter what you're faced with, you're going to overcome every single obstacle, which is my book coming out is called overcoming all which for me you've been a huge inspiration to me and also seriously a pain in the ass because you know anytime i want to give up because my life is difficult i'm always thinking to myself you know what i can't because charlie keeps going and because he keeps going i have to keep going so damn <laughs> you know what i mean like i give it, up every morning just I just find something to get me out of bed. I give up every morning. Is that how like, it works? One day at a time, one breath yeah, at a time? It's one step, whatever. Did you live that way before? Not at all. Not in any way. And to a certain extent, I don't live that way now, but a lot of it does depend on just finding reasons. Would you say you have closer relationships with people now? Some people, yeah. Some people, I don't. Um, I think I'm more mindful of the relationships, regardless of the distance they are. How many awkward situations do you come across when people meet you for the first time? Um, awkward for me, no, but usually people try to shake my hand, stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're always five, reaching for my hand. Yeah, they're always trying to hand me my drink, that kind of thing. I was like, really? <laughs> it is kind of fun, right? I mean, at one point, after a few years, you're probably like, uh, yeah. I mean, most people around me now will correct people. I don't have to correct anybody anymore because the people around me automatically do it. But, um, I feel like you either get it or you don't. Yeah, some people do it a bunch of times. Like, it's not uncomfortable for me, but you remember when we came to Acro Freedom and my buddy Travis came up, and I was like, you know, you got to kiss him on the cheek because he doesn't do a Yeah, I still would, like, slap my hand when they're trying to shake it. And then he was trying to handstand on your chair and all that kind of stuff. They'll hold their hand out there for a minute there, and it's like, Uh, I'm not being rude, man, but 
Like, I'm not going to shake it. Like, it's not, there's no length of time that you can hold your hand next to mine. <laughs> right. I'm going to exactly. lift mine up and shake yours. You should be like, dude, you're a dick. <laughs> Quit messing with me, man. You know I can't pick up my hand. I've, I've messed with people and just tell them they're not worth it. Do you have any um, ideas of hope for some sort of thing, new technology or anything? Um, I'm pretty settled on what I have right now and using what I got. Um, yeah. If something miraculous happens, then that's great. Am I trying to do every, you know, stem cell trial that's out there? Am I going to China to get injected and to put stimulators in my body? No. I think you're a better person probably, yeah. For it or not doing it? Uh, the fact that you've been able to do what you've done since the fact that, since your accident, I can't I, say that I have the same <clears throat> strength or the same intestinal fortitude to be able to wake up every day and keep inspiring and motivating. I think I've become a nicer, kinder person afterwards. Well, no doubt you're a Marine, so obviously you didn't have a whole lot of kindness and niceness. Yeah, winning friends and influencing people. <laughs> Semper, What's that? Semper Fi. Yeah. <laughs> but you have fun, right? I do, you yeah. Enjoy life. Um, and that's the goal. It's just to just enjoy the waking hours, you know? I know for me it's one day at a time now, which was something that I didn't really live before. It was always the future or what I was going to do. Now it's just simply... Getting through each day with a smile on my face and living moment to moment. Is it kind of similar for you? Yeah. So I look at the the past is what got me to now and now is what gets me to the future. So I'm all about the present. What would you say the most frustrating thing is? I don't know. Like not being able to feed myself, scratch my nose. Yeah. Uh, go to my back porch by myself and crack a beer. Right. If I want to like drive around the block. Like how, be by myself. How much alone time can you possibly get where you actually want it? Not a lot. Not very much, right? No, like usually when I go to bed at night, I'm by myself, so I'm like watching TV or whatever, and I can kind of like control my environment there in my bedroom, and that's probably my, the most like alone time that I get. Wow, I bet that's a struggle too, huh? How many times do you think to yourself, "Wow, I'd like to go out back and just you know watch the stars," but like every day, I require a help situational. Yeah, um, but I've I've kind of learned to deal with that, and figure out other ways to um, set my mind at ease when I'm well, stressed I, out. I gotta admit, I've been to your house now and I've seen how amazing it is, and you basically have it set up to where you know you can function with a little bit of help and uh, make everything that normal everyday people. Yeah, usually I'm not, like you know either in my room or in the office or something. And I can kind of hang out there by myself, and then if I need some random stuff like. A drink or whatever, and I can have. I've got like a cup holder and stuff, but even though showering just, in your yeah. closet, the way it was all set yeah. up, I mean, you've got it to where you know, because obviously you're always stylish. I mean, you know, rocking the Jordans. Did you yeah. see that movie by the way? Air. Air. Yeah. What'd you think? That was pretty good. You know, it got a hundred on the tomato meter. I don't know about that, but do you have any idea why they call it a tomato meter? Because the website's rotten tomatoes? I don't know. <laughs> no well, they used to throw like rotten tomatoes and stuff, like f vegetables to people that were that sucked on the stage. They would throw rotten fruit and vegetables at them. So I'm assuming that's where rotten tomatoes came from. Okay, so 100% on tomato meter means no rotten tomatoes. It means you're not huh? getting tomato in the face. wonder why they didn't show Michael Jordan in that or anybody even playing Michael Jordan. Yeah, they kind of like showed him from like different angles, like right. the back of his head. Yeah. Of like the young like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Was it not important or they were trying to make it not about him? I think they were trying to make it not a not well it's all about him but they were trying not to like focus they probably didn't get the waiver sign that could where they could show somebody that represented him you know what i mean have you seen that um that meme where they ask him you know what do you think you know could the chicago bulls now beat the la lakers 
if they were to play each other. And he said, yeah, we'd win, but only by three or four points. And they said, well, why buy so little? Well, most of us are in our 60s now, so. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that guy got cut from his high school basketball team. Yeah, I like so. the stuff where the, the documentary you did with him that it's like everything's a challenge. He's, like, always accepting the challenge. Well, I mean, that's what life is, right? A series of some things. Mm-hmm. It's just, are you willing to keep picking yourself up and going, or are you going to lay down and just let it all happen? It's like a, a 80-year-long steeplechase. Exactly. There you go. That's kind of actually very depressing. Isn't it? <laughs> but they say that's what keeps us alive um, is those challenges. That's what the body and the brain thrive for. It thrives for challenge. Well, and I don't know about It more either. thrives for that feeling of when you overcome a challenge, that kind of hormone release. Small victories. Um, so we keep looking for challenges so we can get that same kind of high. That's exactly what it's all about for me is like motivating and inspiring people to, hey, just win one more little battle. One more little battle. It doesn't have to be the whole war. Just one little more battle so that you're one step closer to being in a place where you want to be. I found peace through overcoming all of the objections, all of the struggles that came through my life. And ultimately what it ended up being was that once I found that peace, I realized that the struggles weren't really struggles. They were just simply things that I had to go through. Right. And once I realized that I just had to go through them, there wasn't any like prerequisite or anything for like an expectation of how I was going to come out the other side. It was just simply, are you able to go through it? Well, yeah. Every time I fall down, I keep picking myself up. Yeah, I'm all about, regardless of overcoming those obstacles, just putting yourself in the fight's a, a big a big part of it and showing the fuck up. Participation, right? Show up. You know, be there. You're not going to get a trophy for it, but at least you've tried. Well, and thank God you we know? have your participation trophy. If you get a, you know, if you get a first place trophy, even better, but. Well, whatever. Um, you know, showing up is a, is a big part of what what I do. Um, hence, like this Nashville trip, I'm just like showing up. What are we going there for? Uh, my friend uh, Jelly Roll's got a debut of his documentary on May 30th, and then he's debuting his uh, uh, first country album, uh, Wits of Chapel, on May 31st at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. The Jelly Roll. Uh, yeah, the Jelly Roll. The Jelly Roll. You know, I saw him earlier on a Joe Rogan uh, interview. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw it, where he was yeah. talking about the guy who won American Idol and the song that uh, he sung. Tommen, what's his name? He, I am something. I am Toman. I, I am Toman, yep. And he sang that song called Monsters. Yeah, with James Blunt. Yeah. yeah, and then James Blunt ended up singing it, which I wish that that wouldn't have happened because I thought he did a great job. But it was interesting that Jelly Roll was one of those people that brought it up and said, hey, man, this kid's like, he's going to change the world. And, you know. Because I know who he is through you now, I've actually done my research and listened to him, and he's a very talented artist and an amazing human being, period. Uh, but for him to give that guy so much credit right out of the gates and to do it on such a public major scene was very uh, impressive to me, you know, because it shows that he's not one of those egotistical guys that, and I've not met him, you know, hopefully one day we will, but. Also, it just seems like he's a really solid individual. Is that how you guys connect? Well, he's pretty big on music as a ther- is, is a therapeutic device. And, you know, that kid on American Idol, like, was using it for that particular part. Like, him and his dad would sing together. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, he was like, when I was singing that song, I could picture my dad, like, cheering me on. Yeah. Not that we were doing it together or whatever, but that we were just, uh, that he's just so proud of me for being able to do what I do. So, and, and Jelly Roll's kind of the same in that scenario where he's, he's found music is to be 
therapeutic and cathartic and he wants to make sure that the world kind of understands that as well i think his main purpose has he had a rough ride also yeah i mean i can't speak for his life but you know he's been in jail stuff like that so yeah you know he came from came from rougher part of nashville and you know got out of that and he seems like he comes from the soul though when he does saying when yeah he's a he's he's a true to life guys he's um what i think what you see is what you get with him where did he come up with the name jelly roll I think it was his uh, his grand uh, his mother or grandmother called him it when he was young. It's like a nickname. Yeah. Interesting. That wouldn't have been. I can't what remember I exactly off the top of my head, but you can probably Google that. It's on it's on the internet somewhere. So, um, if you could give anybody any advice today about anything in life, what would you give them? Um, don't dive in the water head first. <laughs> I think that's solid advice. Right Always there. feet first. Always feet first. Yeah. You know, that's actually really solid advice because. I mean, for me, it's kind of worked out, but for most, it doesn't. <laughs> it's right. But I mean, that goes, you know, uh, metaphorically into everything. Don't go ahead first. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing is, you know, I always tell people that if you can find something that you're passionate about, make it your life. Like, love it, live it, use it for income. Yep. And then in, try to in, in find passion and what, just what do they say? Involve, if, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, that's exactly right. I totally agree with that. Well, it's my hope and inspiration that you're going to continue to do what you're doing because it inspires me and motivates me every day. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your extremely busy life. Yeah, I'd actually come to your house for this. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like a superstar right now yeah. because, you know, he showed up here at my house. So uh, I'm videoing all this. I mean, I drove up in a minivan, so I don't know how big of a superstar yeah, I am. Minivan mafia, bro. It was like I a limousine like minivan. Minivan, <laughs> minivan mafia. Stretch I'm, I'm minivan. into minivans. That's the thing. We got to make it a thing. But we maybe also got to find to reach more people, too. That's our, sure. uh, that's our thing. So maybe it'll be you and I on podcast uh, more often so that we can continue to reach out and connect with people. Yeah, I'm down for whatever. Sounds like a good plan to me. Thanks Maybe. for having me. Oh, man. I enjoyed it. My pleasure. Absolutely. You guys check out his uh, Quad Capable. Yeah, and my, uh, my nonprofit that I co-founded, Stand Up For Me, um, 501c3 here in the U.S. Beautiful um, things, man. And this guy's got a wealth of knowledge. So if you want some information, he's always happy to give it. Reach out to him. Reach out to me. You can reach out to him through me, whatever you need to do. And uh, we'll keep on keeping on you. For sure. Let's do it. Have a good trip to Nashville, brother. Always. Out.